Chiefs couldn't have made a better first impression. They rolled past the Arizona Cardinals 44-21 in the opening game on Sunday with Patrick Mahomes tossing five touchdown passes and the defense playing very well. So let's talk about it on today's Sportsbeat KC. It's Monday, September 12th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Chiefs beat writers Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell, along with columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell, break down the game and take a look at the next one, the Thursday night showdown against the Los Angeles Chargers. We talk about Mahomes' performance and what we saw from several new players, how the Chiefs adjusted their kicking game with an ankle injury to Harrison Butker, and much more. And after a break, you'll hear from Mahomes in his post-game news conference. Let's get started. Welcome to Sports Beat Live, presented by First Federal. We are here to talk about the Chiefs' resounding victory over the Arizona Cardinals tonight with the folks in the media who know them best. You know them, you love them. we got Sam McDowell, Jesse Newell, Herbie Teope, Vahe Gregorian. Um, guys, great to see you. And um, everybody's found a, found a spot at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. And let's talk about... What you all uh, saw today and what I watched today, it was a um, uh, lopsided win, a very convincing win for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's start with a little bit of news, though. Herbie, get us started with an injury report that, I don't know, has a, has a chance to be a little concerning. Um, uh, there, there was longer than uh, the usual game injury report. Yeah, it is a little concerning because the Chiefs have a short window here uh, before their next game, the Thursday night football game, they're going to host the L.A. Chargers at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Five major, five injuries out of this game. You have Patrick Mahomes deal with a left wrist injury, but, you know, he, he was able to finish the game. No, no less for wear and tear there. But the other four, uh, Harrison Butker with the ankle injury, affected his ability to kick point after touchdowns, which Justin Reed was able to do. But... Hey, give Bucker some credit there to come out there and, and take a one-step 54-yard field goal, and he made it. Uh, he's he's going to be someone we're going to be watching closely here on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, guard Trey Smith left with an ankle injury as well. He did not finish the game. Veteran Nick Allegretti stepped in and filled in at right guard while Smith was out. Trent McDuffie, their rookie first-round pick at cornerback, left on a cart with a hamstring injury, and as we all know from covering sports, hamstring injuries tend to linger, so he's another guy we want to watch leading to Thursday night football. And then lastly, wide receiver Justin Watson left in the fourth quarter. He rode on the passenger side of the cart with what Andy Reid called a chest injury. So, you know, they won the game, but they have a lot of players get dinged up here. Yeah, uh, they, they sure did. I, I didn't know about McDuffie. That was one that um, I had not um, – I didn't see happen. So, uh, anyway, you're right. We'll find out more about these in the next couple of days, and it is a short week for sure. But I want to find out uh, what everybody wrote about, and let's talk angles of the game. Uh, Sam, let's start with you. What uh, I heard I heard the questions you asked in the post game. Uh, I imagine it led to a column um, – Somewhere Mahomes involved in, in, in that. What'd you write about? Well, it, it will lead to a column. Um, it has <laughs> not yet. Um, 
You know, I just think in, a, in an off-season uh, change, we all wondered how this would work. And it looks like it's going to work because of the one thing that hasn't changed, and that's, of course, Patrick Mahomes is, is still the quarterback of this group. And you talk to some of the guys in the locker room, and then Travis Kelsey also said it at the podium, and there were some people here that were genuinely wondering, how is this going to work without Tyreek Hill? I mean, we all, of course, wondered that, but for the to hear the players say that, I think, was a different level. We haven't heard the players acknowledge that yet. It's easier to acknowledge when we see that, hey, it actually could work out pretty well. Um, so, yeah, I think something along those lines. But I, I think everyone's big, biggest takeaway has to be what was this? What was going to happen without Tyree Kill? And there's, there's a lot of good things that did happen. Like a uh, five touchdown, no interception, third best passer rating game in uh, in, in Mahomes' career, uh, two touchdown tosses to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who had three in his career, his two year career coming in today. So, yeah, a lot of good things happened by Hank. They did. Uh, first of all, the usual sound check. You can hear me okay. Check check. Mike Mike okay. one two. Yep, you're good. And I thought, and, and, you know, this is a little overshadowed by everything else that was happening, but I'm glad you brought up Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because I thought, I, I thought that's what he looks like when he's healthy. And it seemed to me he had some burst, uh, had, had really good vision. Uh, I think there was better chemistry in what he could do in the passing game. I, I think we can, he didn't quite understand, or I poorly phrased a question to him after the game about uh, the 25-yard pass to him out of the backfield kind of, uh, on, on the delay and how much was ad lib and how much was as drawn up. Sam McDowell thought it was drawn up that way. I, I wasn't sure, but but it, it's not a play we've seen him make, and it was the play we thought we'd see him make a lot. I mean, we've not really seen that glimpse. And uh, good thing for him, he did play so well because uh, I thought uh, Isaiah Pacheco showed a little something something in the uh, late part of the game. So you suddenly have this feeling of a little bit of um, potential embarrassment of riches with uh, this this versatile cast. Embarrassment of riches. I like the sound of that. The Chiefs fans would love to hear about the embarrassment of riches. I agree with Pacheco. I thought he ran really hard at the end. You wonder how demoralized the Cardinals were at that time, but still, you know, he was a he was a bundle of energy uh, in the second half. Had the twenty three yard run and finished with sixty two rushing yards. Led the team. I thought the Chiefs ran the ball uh, early, extremely well, set the tone of the game. But okay, Jesse, how about uh, how about you? Where did you go? Well, you said it on T for me, Blair. Um right about Isaiah Pacheco. And it was fascinating to be in the locker room with these guys. Obviously we have open locker rooms now for the first time since 2018, 2019, whatever before the pandemic yeah. was. And going in there, it was a little bit of a different deal for Isaiah because he had his phone with him. He uh, was FaceTiming his Rutgers teammates who are off, off to a 2-0 start as well. Rutgers is a team like Kansas uh, that has not always been very good at football, but those guys are 2-0. They just got out of practice. They decided to try to FaceTime Isaiah Pacheco so he's propping his phone up in the locker room on some towels and like flexing and screaming into the phone and just unbelievably excited. Went over and talked to Sky Moore about it. He said that they were roommates at the hotel the night before. And both of them talked about one of us has to get in the end zone. One of us has to get in the end zone. That guy was Isaiah Pacheco today. So um, a really cool moment for him in the second half, being able to show some of the skills uh, that he showed in training camp and, and brought so much buzz from him in the preseason. But, uh, that's the story angle for me today. And again, just a little bit um, of a reflection of the rookies. But to the greater point, Blair, I, I think this is kind of with the Chiefs, kind of what we expected, but maybe even better than what we expected because 
without Tyreek Hill, it's sort of like um, what what what's the some of those cook shows like Chopped or whatever they give you like raw cucumbers and black licorice and you know chocolate ice cream. You got to put it all together and make a dessert. So the Chiefs without Tyreek Hill, it's like you have all these ingredients, but now you have to use all of them. You know what I mean? Like you you, you lost Tyreek Hill, so you have to make use of Noah Gray, who had a great game in there as a second tight end. You have to use Clyde Edwards-Alaire out of the backfield and in the passing game. You have to utilize some of your rookies like Sky Moore and Isaiah Pacheco. So you mix all and match all those things, and it seems like the really good chef is involved as well. I know Sam talked about um, you know Patrick Mahomes giving a great game, but Andy Reid is still there too. So um, they used all those ingredients very, very well today, and the offense looked just as good as it has for many, many years. Hey, just to add on to what Jesse said, you know, part of this is – they have to make use of the licorice and whatever those other awful ingredients you were describing were. But part of it is they get to. And I, I really think there's been a little bit of a reinvigoration for Andy Reid, uh, whether he necessarily wanted it to be that way or not. I think we're seeing different dimensions and elements of the offense that have to be contoured to this that I think is, frankly, I think is energizing for them. And I, I think will enable this attack to be more versatile, even if it lacks, you know, that one guy that's gone. Yeah, I mean, especially by when you look at the opening script, I mean, Andy Reid has be, become famous for the way he's able to script plays on an opening drive. You know, last year the Chiefs led the NFL with 68 points on the first drive of games. Today, their opening script, they only needed one third down. And, oh, by the way, it was the only play that didn't go according to plan because Orlando Brown didn't set his block on the left tackle. And then it was like, okay, well, if we don't have the exact plan, we do have this guy that can do something special when something doesn't go according to plan and just did a spin move around a blitz. I don't know why the Cardinals blitzed as often as they did tonight, but they decided to test to see if Mahomes could still handle a blitz. Um, turns out he can. And uh, he found Juju Smith-Schuster to, to prolong that drive. So I, I do think, you know, we, we probably are underplaying a little bit of uh, the Andy Reid angle and just what he was able to do to, to get the, all these pieces to work together for the first time. I'll give you credit, though, Sam. I mean, Mahomes is otherworldly today. I mean, what, what else can you say? It's like I remember talking the last time we had after the postgame where if you would give me a million reasons for the Chiefs to lose to Cincinnati, it would have been Patrick Mahomes melting down in the second half. And that's kind of what happened. Today, he was so good. You know, I'm seeing some tweets out there from national types. It's like the Arizona Cardinals ran into the 95 Chicago Bulls today. You know what I mean? Like they ran into Michael Jordan in his prime, and Michael Jordan in his prime today was Patrick Mahomes in his prime. I mean, 30 for 39, 360 yards. Didn't have a completed pass over 35 yards, but it was interesting. You go back and watch some of these plays. Like guys would come wide open right in the front of Mahomes' field of vision, and he was taking the guy deeper a little bit deeper to get more yardage because he's like, oh, I'm just going to hit this guy right in stride. The play action to Kelsey they had over the top when he threw it over the top to Kelsey, again, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is coming out of the backfield. He's wide open. Most quarterbacks dump that down and take the free 10 to 15 yards. Nope, Mahomes is going to go in and put this ball right on his hand so he can get 30 yards out of it. And uh, this was a man possessed today on his A game and, and almost perfect. I don't know what the passer rating says. I don't know what the uh, QBR number is going to be, but this is about as perfect as a quarterback can play. And so a lot of credit goes to Mahomes. He was motivated today, and he was really, really, really good. Passer rating of 144, Jesse. And, and what makes that even more impressive, listen, we seem to forget the Cardinals ranked seventh against the pass last year. So this wasn't some gimme pass defense. This was uh, actually a good pass defense. And to see Mahomes do that today with a 144.2 passer rating, it's pretty darn impressive. I, I, I also love how Patrick uh, has now gone from being like 
looking at himself as being, you know, maybe underestimated to the, the statement he made today was just a guy from Texas Tech who nobody thought could play in the NFL. <laughs> nobody, not even the team that drafted him 10th overall. <laughs> nobody believed yeah, he, in this guy. I know what he's not believing in. Sean Payton believed in him because Sean Payton will tell everybody across the world that the Saints were going to take him with the 11th pick. Gosh darn, those Chiefs are getting right in front of him at number 10. Nobody can play the disrespect card quite like the best quarterback in the NFL. But uh, but that's what helps make him him. Um, so I want to ask each of you uh, or any, to anybody, to what extent does a Andy Reid training camp play in the the way and the sharpness that this Chiefs, especially on offense, the, the way this team looked tonight. And by, by the same notion, you know, I, I can't imagine the Cardinals had a training camp like the Chiefs did. And I thought it showed in a play like a, a snap to um, you know, to Kyler Murray where he and the running back went into each other trying to, trying to grab it and they have to fall on it and just – one team looked very organized and the other team, not so much. And I know we've talked about it. We talked about it in St. Joe and we talked about it, you know, leading up to the opener. It, there's a reason why Andy Reed has the record he does in opening games. Yeah. And I think also uh, to just to build on that, the fact that he played these guys in the preseason, I mean, I'd like to go through maybe at the end of the day and see exactly how every quarterback who did not play in the preseason fared. We know Aaron Rodgers struggled. We saw Kyler Murray struggle out here today. Patrick Mahomes got in three drives in the preseason. They were all three touchdown drives. I don't think that means nothing. And I understand that these coaches probably wouldn't tell you it means nothing either. They just don't think it's worth the risk of injury. But you go out and let these guys play 17 actual NFL games, there's always going to be the risk of energy. And I, I just – I think that the – I can see the pros and cons of both, but I think it's clear based on today being, you know, probably a leading exhibit in that argument that the preseason certainly plays a significant um, advantage if you use it that way. Yeah, I think something else to consider here, and again, I'm, I'm going to try to parse credit to the coaches because I, to your point, Blair, I thought one team looked ready and prepared, and then the other team was really scrambling all game. And Again, I don't know how to parse this because the Chiefs sort of came in a little bit as an unknown, right? Like they didn't know – like Cardinals didn't know what the Chiefs were going to look like without Tyreek Hill. They didn't know they were going to run two tight ends a bunch. They didn't know if they were going to run power or the zone-based runs like they did a lot in today's game. So some of this is like tricky because of what the Chiefs are. But some of this – I mean, Tony Romo is great at this on the CBS broadcast. You see it over and over. But like when Cardinals got man coverage – the Chiefs took advantage every time. Like they had a play ready, uh, you know, for Clyde Lair to run one way or McCole Hardman to run the other. They have those red zone plays ready. I mean, the Cardinals were not ready for the Chiefs. And so that's a credit to the coaching staff. And it might also be a credit to the Chiefs, a little bit unpredictability now, because if they continue to play like this and to have these weapons and have a guy like Mahomes ready to spread this thing around and go different places, then this is going to be a tough offense to prepare for. But even in week one, I think maybe added to it a little bit more. But we heard Travis Kelsey talk about this afterwards. He said the biggest thing for them is to not – have the guys around feel like it's going to be this easy every time because obviously they got the Chargers coming up here in a few days. So trying to battle that complacency, but this did seem like a game of the Cardinals were not ready for the Chiefs. The Chiefs look like the more prepared team, and it seemed like they were making the punches. The Cardinals were not able to make the counter punches after that. Just just to add to that a little bit, Blair, I, I think it's pretty clear that the Andy Reid training camp uh, sort of does wonders in this, but I, I do wonder, and it's hard to quantify this, but how much the whole uh, Chiefs experience 
especially in that particular part of the game with Mahomes and his new crew, was enhanced by Patrick's training camp um, in, in Texas. I, I, I don't know how much it helped, but I, I, I suspect that's a factor in, in the quick start and the, the, the dynamics and chemistry. I, th I think that's a significant factor. I mean, I, I think that mentally as much as physically. I mean, th those guys obviously got on the same page. I think it, it did not look like Patrick Mahomes and Juju Smith-Schuster were playing their first real game together tonight. Um, but Travis Kelsey even acknowledged that he thought that he, or at least wondered, what's this all going to look like without Tyree Kill? And the first time where he was like, this is going to be okay, was that training camp. Uh, you know, I, I call it training camp because I, I think that's what Mahomes would call it. Um, but that was the first time he said, I saw how hard everybody was working, the attention to detail and thought, this is going to be just fine. And so, yeah, I think that played a significant fact. It, it's played such a significant factor that Andy Reid has gone from a, a coach that, and, and Vahe, you touched on this and just the evolution of him in the column you wrote uh, for today's special section of the star um, sales pitch on that. Um, but it, it's gone from a guy that you thought in the past probably wouldn't allow a quarterback to do that. And I'm wondering if maybe when that, this idea was first pitched to him, he probably agreed to it. Maybe he wasn't crazy about it. Toward by the end of, uh, with end of OTAs when training camp arrived, he was, he was the one bringing that up about how beneficial that was. Like he had gone from like allowing it to encouraging it to where I, I think it's going to be kind of commonplace. Maybe we see it in future years with Mahomes as well. Okay, we got a bunch of comments. Your question. Yeah. yeah, Herbie, go ahead. Yeah, to, to, to sum up everything and to, to your question, Andy Reid is now nine and one in season openers. Nine and one. And you know, a lot of that, and you hear the players say it's because of training camp. So the hidden message is we're going to continue going up to St. Joe. That's right. That's right. Um, and uh, hey, look, the, the, and, 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 and Mahomes and starters are going to play in preseason games, unlike Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, you know, Brian LaBerge makes the point. Uh, look at the teams that didn't play their starters in the preseason. You know, the Bengals, the Rams, the Packers, the Cardinals. Uh, very good point. Let me run through some of these questions and comments. We'll take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hear from Patrick Mahomes, who met the media after the game, and um, uh, as did several players. But Mahomes is the one we're going to hear from. So, um Hey, before we do, uh, and, and some have asked about this, let's, we, we, we can't not talk about uh, Justin Reed's pinch hitting ability here from kicking. I know we covered it in training camp, but that's pretty darn impressive for, to get into a game and, and, and boot the extra point. I thought he should have taken a little more time on the second one. But anyway, he goes one for two on the extra points and knocks every just about every kickoff into the, through the end zone. I guess was Dave Tobe telling him to to not do that so the Cardinals could get a couple of returns. He could work his coverage team a little bit. But hats off to Justin Reed for for making the making the big kicks. I I thought uh, that was interesting, Blair, that you pointed to that because up in the press box, I don't know if anybody agreed with me, but I thought he he that was strategy um, on that kick to give him a chance to run it back. And of course, Justin Reed was in on that tackle. Um, but of course. I. I I picked up a little chatter in the locker room that suggested he might have been getting a little fatigued um, <laughs> with the kicks, and maybe that's what separates uh, separates him in another way. But but look, that was an amazing thing, and and for us all to remember how it it really did kind of start as a novelty act, right? He just kept kind of hanging around the kickers, and Tobe was like, "Yeah, we'll give you a shot," and then he he got a little credibility, and then there he is in Chicago trying it. 
I mean, what NFL team has a guy ready to go um, in that instance? It, it, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. And, um, you know, not as amazing as the, the one step 54 yard field goal, probably, but um, pretty, pretty big couple moments out of those guys. Okay, our friend Jack asks, which one, if any, of the new receivers stood out in the game? Um, what, what do you guys think? So, look, um, Marquez uh, Valdez-Scantling, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had the fumble, but and then Sky Moore. And we also get a question about Sky Moore's return, punt return game. That was nice to see. Actually, averaged 10 yards on three returns. Anyone stand out above the others to, to you guys? Well, I mean, I think the answer to me is yes. Um, that's the goal here, right? The goal here is that when you run all these routes now, you have in- improved the quality of the back end. Uh, cover your ears, Herbie, of, of a guy like Byron Pringle or a guy like Demarcus Robinson. Uh, you've elevated those guys to, to receivers who have done it in the NFL before, you know, at a higher level or bigger bodies or faster bodies. And this is sort of what Mahomes kind of warned about with the fantasy football players. It's like, hey, it's going to get spread around. And so, uh, that was successful. You know, you saw him go to MBS sometimes. You saw him go to Juju Smith-Schuster. Probably Juju is, is the one furthest along. It seems like he has the most chemistry. He hasn't been out there all the time with Patrick. Obviously, with that knee injury, he's been battling. But look good today other than the fumble. But I think this is what it's supposed to look like. I, I don't think that they want one guy to, I mean, necessarily emerge above the others. I think they want to have guys out there that are able to do different things and able to get themselves open so that, Mahomes gets to his second, third read. Those guys are open as compared to years ago where, you know, teams were kind of picking on the fact that the Chiefs didn't have options or quality options behind Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. So I think it was a good game one for them. But the best chemistry, I think, is Juju at this point, probably to be expected. But overall, this is sort of what it's supposed to look like. And it's going to look different probably every single week based on just who gets open and how Mahomes gets through his progression. I, I tend to agree with, with – Larry, you mentioned there. Juju's um... – go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I tend to agree well, with you meant- Smith-Schuster. <laughs> but I want to point out, and this isn't a new receiver. This is the guy that was, you know, made his first initial 53 last year. He's got last year he had, he had five catches, two touchdowns. Can, can you mute? Can you mute him, Blair? Can yeah, you mute yeah, him? <laughs> can you mute his line? <laughs> that means he has six career catches now, and of those six catches, three of them are in the end zone. And if you don't know who we're talking about, that would be Jody Fortson with his uh, touchdown reception today. All right. Hey, I, well, Blair, I, the, the other oh, part okay. I was gonna, the other piece I was gonna add on is Bahi and I had a conversation about this in the press box because you mentioned Juju's fumble today. He actually fumbled twice; just one of them was lost at right. the end of the half. That was a moment that reminded Vahe and me that was reminiscent of last year that they had some of those turnovers that came at such bad times, and it it sunk them early in the season. I mean, they could not get over that hump. So we're sitting there thinking, how are they going to respond to this? It was 20-7. to You thought the Cardinals could score. They got to make it, take it to where they're going to get the ball first in the second half. Like, that could have been a really pivotal moment in the game to where we're spending half of this sports beat live dissecting a fumble. Instead, the the Chiefs just blew them out after that moment. And I thought it was as clear as anything or as different as anything has been from last year. I thought that that was a moment that that was really indicative of it. I just add to the the single moment that uh, I I thought was as exciting as any of the new receivers was Sky Moore's play. It was only one catch, but 
I, I just, I like how he got open. I like how he moved with the ball afterwards. Um, you know, maybe he wasn't getting open in, in, in his other opportunities. I, I'm not clear on why he didn't get more uh, targets, but that to me showed me a little something. I, I, I feel uh, like that was, that was one of my highlights that I, I saw today out of the new receivers. Okay, we are uh, uh, way over time for a break. So we're going to take that break now. And when we come back, uh, we are, you're going to hear from Patrick Mahomes uh, at the podium after the game. You'll hear these guys ask Patrick Mahomes questions about the games. I think you'll enjoy it. So what I'm going to do now is bid good evening to our esteemed panelists here and let them get back to work writing columns and stories and everything else. And we're going to hear from First Federal, and then when we come back, we're going to roll with Patrick Mahomes. When I bought my first home, I was searching for listings and negotiating all on my own. Now I'm back in the housing market and I could not imagine doing that again. But then I found First Federal Bank of Kansas City's expert loan advisors at FFBKC.com. They were kind, knowledgeable, and available 24-7. My loan advisor answered my questions and helped me feel confident all the way through closing. I trust First Federal Bank because they understand banking is personal. Apply today for a home loan at FFBKC.com homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the E-Edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Hello, LA 3110. You all 44-21. What type of statement do you think this was? Yeah, I think uh, guys were just ready to go. They're excited to get out there and show what we had. Uh, we've we've kind of the whole offseason, everybody's asked us the questions of what this offense, what this team's going to look like. And uh, we, we've always believed that we were going to go out there and, and put on a show, and I thought guys did that. Um, and so to go out there and win a game against a really good football team and to win decisively, it's a, it's a good start. And obviously, you know, when you look at training camp and what we talked about during the preseason, uh, your relationship with the with your new with your new uh, school school players, how comfortable do you feel out there with them now in live for you know against an opponent? Yeah, I mean, I'm very comfortable with them. You saw the guys stepped up and made plays, uh, tough contested catches. Like Juju and Marquez made a, did a great job with that, and then obviously the tight ends played well and the running backs played well. Um, the only one I was missing was McColl. I owed McColl two touchdowns, so uh, it was. Uh, I was glad I got him with the one at the end there, but uh, I mean, he was getting open and. He's had a good camp getting open on those routes. I just have to connect on those if we want to continue to get better. Yeah, yeah, I fell on it uh, on that first touchdown. Kind of just threw my hand back and fell on it. But uh, I just got looked at and everything looked good. So uh, hopefully it's not something that lingers around, something that we can kind of get cleared up here uh, quickly. How's that feeling? I mean, it's sore now for sure. Um, but uh, 
Definitely, we went and looked at it and got all the X-rays and stuff like that. Everything looked good, so uh, we're we're uh, we're happy with that. And now, I mean, it's a short week, so you have to be ready to go. Um, but as the season goes on, you're going to have those bruises and and, uh, and stuff like that. And you have to be able to play through them. Did you think that you won was going to be a particularly important day for you because of what you said, all the new guys, people sort of wondering what the offense. Week one, I think, is important for everybody, um, but especially with us new guys. You want to set a, a, a tempo. You want to set the kind of the culture of how we do things. And, uh, I mean, in training camp, training camp. And we run a tough training camp, and guys grinded through that. But when it gets to the game, you kind of see who everybody is. And I think you saw as guys stepped up and made uh, plays whenever their number got called. Um, and like I said, it was, it's going to come from everywhere. It's not going to be one guy. I haven't looked at the stats or anything like that, but I know a lot of different guys made plays in the game. You've had some, you've had some big games no matter the time of season, but you're five for five with big games in season Anything you can put your finger on? Why you started off so well? Yeah, I think first off, I think it's Coach Reed getting more weeks to game plan. I mean, that's always a good thing for good thing for me because he's getting guys kind of running wide open. Um, but then I think it's how we do training camp. He, we, I think Coach Reed does a great training camp. It's hard. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna. It's it's hard for everybody. Um, but I think it prepares you to be ready week one. Um, and then you go out there and you just execute. Uh, Coach Reed has a great game plan. In you have guys flying around that are ready to go, uh, ready to play a uh, game and not be at practice against each other. Um, and we've done a great job of just executing in, in week one. Now let's carry it on to, to week two. You mentioned having a spread attack going to different guys. Because of that element, does it make it easier when a team blitz you? Yeah, I think especially when you get the guys that we have, I think guys are smart. Um, they, they kind of break off their routes. I mean, if you see sometimes we have guys kind of all in the same areas because everybody sees the blitz and is trying to get there faster. So so it's uh, we have a lot of smart guys in this offense and know how to get themselves open quickly versus the blitz. Um, and they, they're able to recognize his co uh, coverages. So uh, whenever you have smart guys that are athletic as well, it makes it hard for the defense to kind of account for. I know it's, uh, I know it's just you know, the second game of the season, but the uh... – you know, Los Angeles Chargers, they've beaten the Chiefs the last two years uh, at home. How important is this game, obviously, because this, you know, this will be their second division game in the road, but how, how important will it be for you all to make sure that you come out on top of this Thursday night? Yeah, I mean, we'll be ready to go. I mean, it's going to be the home opener at Arrowhead, so it's always important to win that one um, against the Chargers, who are going to be someone that's going to be in the playoff pitcher and someone that's going to be battling for the AFC West uh, championship. So last year we let them come in, I think, week two and beat us at home. Um, so we have to learn from that and find a way to, to, to claw out a win and, and beat a really good football team. Obviously you're consumed with the job at hand when you're out there and concentrating and getting ready to go back out. But what, what did you notice about the defense today? Did, did you feel like they helped you get off to a fast start? Yeah, they set the tempo. I think that's the biggest thing. Whenever you kind of go out there in that first drive and score and then they get a quick stop and then you score again, um, it puts a lot of pressure on the other team. Uh, when you're up 14-0, and I know they went down and scored that second drive, but we were able to get some more points from the board and the defense kind of get those stops. And when you play good complementary football, you're able, the defense is – I can't account for what we're going to do. They don't know if we're going to run or pass because our defense is playing well. Um, and uh, I thought we did a great job of everything. I mean, I mean, all three phases, even my boy Jay Reed got an extra point kicked in. So, I mean, we had all three all three phases played well. Sam, Patrick, there was a turnover late in that first half that was a little bit reminiscent of some things you guys experienced last year, mm -hmm. but you guys just kept cruising afterwards. I'm wondering if there was any specific moment or a message you had for the guys. Yeah, Coach Bienemy emphasized that all training camp, and, and that's kind of where we kind of got stuck last year at the beginning of the season was those turnovers whenever we were driving, and that's what kind of what happened there. But guys kept their head up. Uh, everybody went straight to Juju. I mean, he had, he had a big game, um, and someone's going to be an important player for us. Um, and he, the way he plays, he's going to be tough. He's going to be going for those extra yards. He's going to run through there, just keep the two hands on it and keep breaking those arm tackles when they're swinging arms in there. And uh, I think uh, that'll end up being more positive for us of him running through tackles than, than fumbles. Right. 
we saw you count to four and maybe had a little friendly jawing out there. Do you still feel like you have something to prove? Yeah, I mean, I always feel like I have something to prove. I mean, I'm, I'm just this guy from Texas Tech, man, that they said they couldn't play in the NFL. So uh, I always had that mindset of going out there and, and proving that, uh, that we're the Kansas City Chiefs and that we still have a, a chance to go out there and win the AFC Championship and then win the AFC West and, and win the Super Bowl. I believe nine different players top passes for me tonight. Is that kind of how you envision this offense going forward this season, spreading the ball around? Oh, 100%. I mean, with the amount of tight ends, running backs, uh, and receivers that we have, it's going to be everything. I mean, it's going to be a lot of guys catching passes. It's going to be running the football. It's going to be throwing the football. It's going to be short game. It's going to be the deep passes. And so uh, I think that makes us a hard offense to stop. Um, and then when the defense plays like they played today, we're going to win a lot of football games. Last three. Patrick, Clyde uh, said he gets a little smile in his helmet when you guys break the huddle and the defense gets a look that you guys are prepared for. Mm -hmm. How important is that for you guys all? The coaches, the coaches do a great job, man. They do a great job of scouting, getting the scouting report in, kind of showing us the looks, um, and then uh, getting us uh, like ready to go. I mean, you, we know when the blitzes are coming. We know where the hots are. We know on certain plays who we're thinking we're throwing to. And it's always good when you're a quarterback, you know who you're going to throw to before the play even starts because you have that game plan in. So uh, that's, a, that's all the coaches. I mean, obviously Coach Reed and Coach Bienemy and all of them, but, I mean, from Coach Girardi, uh, Connor, uh, Danny, all, all the coaches that are in that room, uh, Joe Blaymeyer, they do a great job of kind of putting us in the position to go out there and succeed. Patrick, you got everybody together in April. It's a long process to get to this particular date, but how gratifying and satisfying is it for you that the words you mentioned to all these new skill guys kind of came to fruition? Yeah, I mean, you want to go out there, kind of like I was saying earlier, and, and show the culture of how we play and that all that hard work and all that stuff that we put in and OTAs and, and Texas and then in training camp in St. Joe's, that it was going to pay off. And until you go out there and do that, uh, I mean, guys are just kind of blindly believing. And I think now they see it. They're like, hey, like we go out there and we practice like this. Uh, we, we prepare like this. We can go out there and win a lot of football games. And I think that's going to help us get better as the season goes on. Last one, Herb. Patrick, you mentioned that all three phases played well. In a world of complete games, how complete was this game for the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was a very good game. I mean, it was something that we're going to obviously try to learn and get better from. Um, but we have a brand, kind of a brand-new football team. We have some guys that have been here for a while, but we have a lot of young guys that are stepping up and making plays. Um, and to see them play like they did today against a good football team, it's exciting because I know we're just going to get better as the season goes on. So I like that. We have a brand-new football team. Interesting. And the other, and the other one – I'm just a guy from Texas Tech who they say couldn't play in the NFL. Uh, keep that attitude. Um, it'll, uh, it'll take you a long way. Okay, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks for sticking it out with us. I hope you enjoyed the show. And a couple of programming notes. We'll be with you again on Wednesday, on our, sort of our pregame show for the Chargers, 10 a.m. on Wednesday. And we'll be right back here after the game Thursday night against the L.A. Chargers. So somewhere in the midnight hour, we'll have uh, try to get you a more specific time as we get closer to the game, hopefully by Wednesday. So thank you very much. Thanks to First Federal for uh, their sponsorship of our show. Thanks to Monty Davis and George Howard for producing it. And thank all of you all for tuning in. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, George Howard, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A salute to our sponsor, First Federal. Their website is ffbkc.com. Tip of the cap to Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, Herbie Teope, and Jesse Newell for sharing their insights. Hey, and check out all of our coverage of the Chiefs in the Morning Sports Edition, a dozen stories about the game, and sections loaded with coverage of the NFL, 
college football, baseball, U.S. Open tennis, the Hollywood Casino 400 at Kansas Speedway on Sunday, so much more. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com for more information. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC.